Howdy, Ags. AP, Corey from the tailgate, home of Aggie football. Trent, brought to you by David Coffin, PLLC, tax controversy and litigation lawyers, smart solutions for federal tax issues, experience, respected representation for taxpayers, over 20 years of experience in tax controversy with offices located in South Lake, Texas, and now open here in Bryan Call Station. Call 817-251-7049. Folks, don't forget, contact us at agstailgate at gmail.com. Do you know the address? No. No. Don't no. Know. It's agstailgate at gmail.com. Visit us over on the YouTube page. Leave us a comment. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yep. Whatever. All right. Spotify, Find us. Whatever that's called. Yeah. We're listening to it. Uh, starting off with a comment from the fan base today, our buddy Parr, repeat repeat commenter, says kicking on third down is offensive genius. He's a genius. Genius. All right. So our offensive coordinator next year. <laughs> uh, a couple of comments: A and M basketball two and zero in the SEC wins over yep. LSU in Florida. Uh, Dexter Dennis boots. You know, really playing well really playing here well. in the SEC. You know, getting production out of Coleman Taylor, a couple other guys. Uh, tonight they play number 20, Mizzou. Big, big game. Aggies are favored. Aggies are favored. Four and a half. At home. That's a good deal. It's uh, nervous, doesn't it? Being favored by four and a half. It does a little bit. And especially against the top 25 team yeah. in Mizzou. Um, but, you know, I think it's got a lot to say about what Buzz has done so far with his team. You know, one of the things that he has had to fight through is this roster is turned over basically every year for the last three, four years, right? Right. And so it takes him a period of time at the beginning of the season to sort of get everybody playing on the same page, figuring out what his rotations are and all those types of things. Uh, I spoke to Buzz this morning, excited about where the team is and looking forward to tonight's game. Yeah. Um, but they're playing well right now. They are playing well. Uh, Dexter Dennis doing really well. Is it? Did I say it right? Dexter Dennis. Dexter Dennis. Yeah. Doing well. Marble, the transfer from Michigan State, is doing really well. Another big body. Uh, he's, it seems like he's trimmed down the rotation. So yeah. he's getting more out of the starters than he is out of the back end of it. I mean, this is the same A&M team that lost to, at home to Wofford. Yeah. So, I mean, being favored against Missouri, it's something. I mean, we beat LSU handily start to finish. Look, two guys on the road. Two guys, big. two guys that you, we thought at the beginning of the season would probably have bigger roles in Oops. Gordon and Obaseki. Oh yeah, right. That we thought would have bigger roles aren't having quite as big a role. But I think they do play important roles, especially Gordon, because of the time that he's in there, he does help that team out with his leadership and the different things. Even when he's on the bench, leadership and all those things come through from him. The thing about Buzz's teams are always high energy. Yeah. Gordon, Obaseki. Big parts of that. I mean, yeah. you can see them when they get in there. Sometimes they need to bring that energy down a little bit. It looks like they're a little bit too excited, especially Obaseki. Yeah. But uh, Obaseki is very talented. Uh, I, I, I did expect more out of him this year. I wouldn't be surprised as if the year goes on, maybe he gets a little more playing time. I don't know. He's starting to, it seems like he's starting to get Dennis, Taylor, Boots, Marble. Coleman, that's his five man. That's his five yeah. man rotation. Right, and that's who he wants, and he's rotating other guys in and out. But for right now, I think uh, Obasaki's. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the. He's in the. He's in the rotation. Seven, yeah. eight man. A uh, and M baseball obviously got a little time to start. I think uh, February is is their starting time. They, you know, uh, they go and play at Minimate in that tournament this year, which will be which will be a fun deal. That's always a very good tournament with good teams that gives you a good early showing of where your team stands. But I actually had a chat with one of the prominent players on this team yesterday, and man, they are really, really excited about getting this season going. He was talking to me about how much fun this team had last year. And he's also talking to me about how much work they've been putting in in the offseason, getting ready for the season to start. Um, I think this this team has an opportunity to have a nice, very, very nice run this year. 
like last year. Well, last year they surprised people. Nobody yeah. knew what to expect. I mean, they knew the coach coming mm-hmm. in was, but they didn't know the roster. It was a, he turned over the roster a lot. And this year he's got a lot of players coming back. I mean, I think they're preseason what number four. Yeah, that's it's going to be hard to surprise people when it's preseason number four. Less less surprise. I will say this. You know, he said you know a, a lot of a lot of pieces coming in with regards to the pitching staff, and so that's obviously going to have a big impact on some right. where some of those new faces end up coming in and how much they can contribute. Uh, but they're excited about, about about a lot of those guys. Right. Uh, and obviously we'll talk more baseball as the season gets started. Um, a couple of foot, moving on to football, a couple of roster updates. Layden announces he's coming back. I think that's a big get. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Lucas announced his entering in the transfer portal. We mentioned it last show, and it happened later that day, right? Yeah. Um, we kind of thought that he was that one guy that still – He's like on the 50-50 guy yeah. kind of, you know. Is it a huge loss? You know, I I think they're all big losses because they're all talented. However, right it, at defensive line, we talked about it last week, we've got depth, and we still have some depth. You know, and the top end talent is definitely there. He was part of that. I think he's uh, more of a tweener, inside, outside kind of guy than they used him more of as a defensive end. But I thought Stewart ended up playing better than he did. And then some of the other guys that are a little bit more athletic and, and, and sort of explosive, like Scylla, right. like Overton, would end up taking a lot of those minutes at the defensive end. But you can never underestimate the need for depth, oh, quality depth. depth in this league. And we right? showed we needed it last year in different positions, not so much yeah. the D-line, but even the D-line. Our D-line, we had a lot of guys go in and out. Oh, yeah, with injuries and everything else. Yeah. Uh, a couple of announcements on where people are going. Guys transferred from A&M. Gross Killebrew to Louisville. Smoke going to Georgia. Ish Harris to U of H. Uh, Denver Harris to LSU. Some of these we already knew. Terry Lee, Georgia Southern. Marcus Burris to Indiana. I thought that was that was a pretty good get for Indiana. Right. I expect Marcus Burris to be a big time performer over there. I mean, they don't get those kinds of players. <laughs> yeah. He didn't get much playing time here, but he's a player. Um, PJ Williams, LJ Johnson, both tests. I mean, anything stick out? No, you haven't got to the one I was really excited about. Is that Calzada? And then a couple more. Eli Styers to New Mexico State, another Aggie school, by the way. The yeah. The State Aggies. So Eli Styers going to stay with the Aggies. Adelier to Michigan State. And Calzada transferred to Auburn mm-hmm. last year. He's going to Incarnate Word, where I'm pretty sure he's going to get a start. I, 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 that confuses me. Why would you go from A&M to Auburn, which, I mean, I can understand those two, Yeah. to Incarnate Ward? That just, I think he wants to play. I, I think he can play anywhere. I mean, he showed he can play on the biggest – I mean, he played against Alabama. He beat Alabama. He did. Um, people have lost confidence in him. And, and you know what happens is with these kids, you know, they end up in a bad situation playing poorly for in a bad situation. And they don't necessarily get that next shot at the biggest programs because people don't have that same confidence as when he came out as a recruit, right? Mm. People have seen him not be as productive, whether it's here. And then obviously he didn't play because of injury at all at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day... Uh, folks just sort of said, eh. and so he. It's probably better for him to go to a lower level and go try to just ball out. I well, think. I mean, I hope he goes there for a year and maybe can go to a bigger school because the guy's got a crazy arm. I mean, he's got a cannon. He should. I'd, I'd have called up Western Kentucky. Do I say that about every quarterback? Oh, man, Western Kentucky. That'd be great. I think Calzada fit in because they don't look Ooh. for a mobile quarterback so much. They want a guy that throws the ball down the field. Hey Zach, get Western Kentucky a call. Baby. Give him a call. Seriously. Uh. Anything else that stands out to you on any of this? Uh, we did pick up a uh, a transfer from Rice, a linebacker, uh, walk on, but he played at Rice substantially. He'll he'll add depth at linebacker. He's not going to be that right. big time star, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, but he's a depth piece that's needed at that position. Yeah, right we now. need depth, but I mean, it's not something that makes me woohoo. But hey, look, he's he's probably going to be a, a contributor on special teams. He's probably going to. You know, like I said, give you some definitely some practice time at the linebacker spot so that you can actually have a practice, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you have to add those kind of guys. You know, we've talked about the transfer portal and who else we're still targeting. They've, they're targeting a, a number of receivers. One of the guys from USC yeah. is visiting uh, is visiting this week. 
um, a former USC receiver. Um, you know, and they've, they've targeted a couple of other guys. But, you know, when you think about it, if you're somebody in the transfer portal right now mm-hmm. and you know A&M is sitting there with that roster that they have, we've got our starters, yeah. maybe at every position except for one of the linebacker spots probably. You have a we've got our starters. You, so you don't have – you're not going to have a chance to come in and play a ton, right? No. You're going to be more of a backup. So now if you're a transfer guy that's leaving somewhere else because you want more playing time and more exposure – why would you choose A&M knowing that? Well, linebacker, I think you can get on the field. Linebacker, you can. But I'm linebacker. saying aside from linebacker, what any other position, you're not going to get on the field that much. If you're an athlete, I was I played sports. You played yeah. sports. You go out there to compete. Sure. You know, you want to play against the best. And at A&M, hopefully we do have some of the best athletes in the U.S., in, the, in college football. Yeah. So why wouldn't you come out here and say, hey, I'm going to compete with these guys. Maybe I'm not as good. Let's see. I want to see how good I am. Well, you hear people talking, but these are the same guys that are even in the current Bennett. situation Look because they Stetson can't get Bennett. playing time. Where did Stetson Bennett go? Do you remember the story? He went to like a Junior oh, they told me he wasn't good enough. You weren't good enough. The guys won two national championships. Stetson Bennett, I'd take him on my team any day of the week. You would now. I would. What I would you would. have done a couple of years ago when you heard all this stuff? I don't know if you would have. I still would have. I don't believe. Guy, guy's got heart. Uh, huh? uh, he's got two rings. He's got two rings too. Uh, he's he's also been the MVP of every playoff game he's played in. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't get enough credit. And we're going to talk more more national championship. Uh, my point is that if you're sitting out there, you're leaving a program because they're not giving you enough playing time. Yeah. Right. They're not giving you enough playing time. So you've is that already why you're leaving them. You've already said the heck with competing for playing time. Let me go find a place to start. Well, if you can't start here, why would you come here? Now, right. guys maybe from lower programs that have had really big years that think that they can come in and compete here, yeah. that might be the target that you're looking for, a wide receiver that's played at a lower level that's put up big numbers, and now he wants to see if he can do it in the SEC. I can see that. Yeah, maybe that guy. But if you're sitting over at USC and you couldn't get playing time, and all of a sudden you're looking at, okay, can I transfer to A&M? They're recruiting me. Yeah. Well, look at all these guys that are <laughs> – I'm competing with. Why would I go there? Because I can find a place where I know I'm the best guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like incarnate work. <laughs> like incarnate work. Well, okay, now here's okay. You asked me a question a little bit ago. About or any other big time program other than A and N, Georgia. Well, that's what I'm saying. You asked me a question about guys like who left that stood yeah. out. Mm-hmm. I told you Terry and Lee stood out to me because he's going to Georgia Southern. He yeah. got on the field last year, he played did. linebacker. Yeah. And you were saying about playing time. This wasn't a playing time issue. Yeah. Because he was on the field. So you and I were well, you and I were surprised sometimes that he yeah. was on the field. We were surprised that Russell was on the field because we thought played. it was gonna be White and Cooper yeah. for most of the season, but instead it was Russell Lee. played more than either one of them, probably. Yeah. I mean he stayed healthy. Yeah. But I mean Lee was on the field. And you know, when you go to Georgia Southern, you're not gonna be playing against SEC competition. Not yeah. close. But uh but you know, the in today's world, in today's world, if your goal is maybe even to, I mean, even if your goal is to get to the NFL, let's say, yeah. In today's world, you're probably better off going somewhere that you know you're going to be on the field and going to be able to make plays because they find them no matter what little small yeah. school they go play at, right? They do. I mean, how many guys from these small schools are getting drafted these days and even drafted early, right? I mean, look at the guy from Tech. I mean, he transferred from A and M, went to Tech, and now he's a first I mean, round pick. Tech is a D one program in the Big Twelve. But I'm just saying, but he was. Not getting PT here at AM. Right. You see him? I mean, coaches overlook him. But I'm talking about a guy like Lee going in Carter Word. Let's say he goes shows up at Incarnate Word. And, talking about Calzada? No, no, no. I'm talking about Lee going to Georgia Southern. Let's okay. say he goes shows up at Georgia Southern. He's all world, all conference at Georgia Southern. He's going to get drafted. You think? Yeah. If he's an all conference linebacker at Georgia Southern, he'll probably get drafted. Oh, you're saying all all conference linebackers get drafted. I, I disagree with you. Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe he doesn't. But if he if he's I just said all world, all conference. Okay. You know, making big plays, has a lot of, you know, sacks and interceptions, whatever. Let's, you know, he has the best linebacker year in the history of college football, but he does it's it at Georgia history. Southern. But he does it at Georgia Southern. Okay. He's going to go, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah he might. Out. He might. Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Well, another, is, another person that I like to play. stood out to me was LJ yeah. going to SMU. I think that's a great situation for LJ. Yeah. If that offense moves the ball. I mean, they do run the ball. Mm-hmm. You don't see it because of all the – that uh, that offense is wide open. I think it's he's going to enjoy that a lot. <coughs> so it's going to be the Bobby Petrino show for a lot of this show. By the way, we haven't had a chance to really talk right. about this hire. 
Yeah. Let me start by saying this. Bobby Petrino was not at Arkansas when they were doing that whole wild hog with McFadden and Jones. Right. Your boy Billy Lucci over at Texas is talking about how innovative he is with how he implemented this deal. That was not Bobby Petrino. Okay. <laughs> that was Houston Nutt. Houston. Uh, so let's start there. Yeah. Um, as far as the hire, we're gonna we're gonna take you know do our little drafting three here in a second. But as far as the hire is concerned, just first thoughts in your head when you heard when I when I think I called you and said Bobby Torino just got hired. Yeah. Uh, what what you honestly think? it wasn't the excitement that I wanted to mm-hmm. have. I mean, I wanted somebody that was proven. I mean, he's proven himself in college football, but I wanted somebody that was that a marquee name that you and I talked about, like the guy from Carolina, somebody from maybe TCU, somebody that's had recent success. Yeah, yeah, and somebody that's younger, that's fresh, something fresh. I mean, this is fresh face, but at the same time, I'm, I'm the more I read about him, the more I look into it, the more excited I'm getting. Yeah, but. Uh, so I'm I mean, gonna I'm share my thoughts a little bit more. I'm gonna share my thoughts a little bit more, but after after this. But first, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I love the big parlays. I <laughs> love the teasers. You know me, man. Yeah. Anything with those odds, man. Yeah. And and you get in there, you can make small bets and win big money. Yeah, big money. Big money. Big money. That's the one that gets you right there is the big money. Big money. All you need to do is hit one. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's pretty good. Check this out, Corey. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. I can't tell you how much I love to win those big parlays. I know you like to bet them. Download the DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbook app now. Use the code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. There you go, folks. Don't forget. Use your DraftKings. Corey, par. maybe you should try that par. Par, try that out. Yeah, kick on third. Here's, here's the other one. Here's the other one. Let's remind everybody, we're now on the Pigskin Podcast Network. There you go. Check us out. Look them up. Yep. Our stuff is on there. You can reach us that way. All right. So let's get back to Bobby Petrino, Corey. Let's get after it. Look, he's had a long history here, right? I mean, he has two stints at Louisville. He's got, you know, which stint at Arkansas in the SEC. Okay. Right? Um, and then after that, you know, he went back to Louisville, and Louisville sort of kicked him to the curb. And then he's sort of been in obscurity over the last couple of years, right? All right. He did have some success at Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. He had some success at Louisville. His first time around, you know, we're talking about 2003. They came in. And they were known for their offensive success and the things that they were doing back in 2003, right? 35 points a game one year. It's 20 years ago. You know, in 2004, they scored 50 a game, right? These are the years where he was really 543 a game, you know? And he's done it with different cast of characters. Right. You know, whether it was the quarterback Braum or there was a a Stephen LaForge or... uh, you know, different guys. He's done it with good running backs. Bush, Michael Bush, right? Michael Bush, yeah. He's done it with, you know, some quarterbacks that have been mobile. Obviously, Lamar Jackson in his second stint at Louisville right. drove that offense to success. I mean, the ridiculous numbers that he put up, I mean, his second and third year after his freshman year, you know, made them one of the best offenses in the league. But yeah. he's a world-changing athlete, right? Right. I like all the all that. 
except for the fact that what are we talking about here? We're talking about offenses from 2003 Yeah, 20 years ago. We're talking, I mean, if you told me we got the 20-year-ago Bobby Petrino, I'd have been like, yes, win. You're telling me we got him 20 years later. Yeah, it's a different story because if you start looking at some of his more recent well, what happens is things evolve. Everything evolves. I mean, just like the passing games evolve. Oh, yeah. The running game's changing. It's not as much of a running. You know, you see more uh, play action now. Yeah. You see more. Everybody lines up in the shotgun. That used to be something new. It's like, what are they doing? They're lined up in the shotgun. I mean, the schools like Army and Navy and Air Force, they're running the ball like it's still back in the, what, 60s, right. 70s? That's about it. And look, his last year at Louisville, by the way, his last year at Louisville in 2018, they scored 20 points a game after Lamar Jackson left, right? Yeah. In the more recent years, there, 2020, in Missouri, at Missouri State, he had one good year and three years there. Um, in his most recent times, he's been sort of up and down. It, he doesn't, and, and let's get into specifics with his offense, right? And... Uh, you look at what he does. He never has those like super exceptional big time receivers. He never, you know, but somehow those offenses are still very productive. It's even crazy to me because they and and I think this is a this is a compliment to him. They really spread the ball around the different players, which is why those guys right. don't ever put up huge numbers. You know, I mean, he had Devonte Parker, right? Was that yeah, who it was? Devonte Parker. I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know who else he had on the. Roster that's a huge name, but Devontae Parker's a talent. He was yeah. really talented coming out. And he had 855 yards that year. I mean, I don't know if there's injuries involved or not. But I, I think there was a couple of games missed. But either way, the guys, Parker's, I've drafted him in fantasy. Been yeah. screwed over with him because he's been <laughs> injured. Yeah. But either way, um, he's a talent. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's one thing. Petrino knows how to get the ball downfield. I mean, his offenses are... They're not as predictable as what Jimbo's been lately. So here's here's the here's a couple of things that I will say. I, look, they will distribute the ball. They will distribute the ball, mm-hmm. and they're going to get the ball to different folks. In and let me start with this, and I think this is the most important. This offense is going to be better than last year's, right? This offense with Petrino in Petrino's system will be better than last year's Jimbo system. They it's not will. saying much. It's not saying much. That's not saying much at but, all. I can go in there and coach it and be better. But it's better than the alternative Jimbo having said, no, I'm just keeping this thing on my and, – and, you know, and calling the plays, right? Well, I mean, either way, I don't think the offense could be as bad as the last two years. That's true. So it is going to be better under Petrino. When you look at what he does, it is not – you know, let's not talk about like this innovative, super – you know, like modern offense. That's not, he's a 2003 guy. Right. Right? Yeah. That's where he made his heyday. That offense is the same as what they were running back then in 2003, by the way. Right. It still is. He's implemented a little bit of sort of that, some of the wide receiver sweep type stuff with a little bit of motion and stuff like that. But the reality is that offense, the basis of that offense is still the same of what they were running back then. Where you're going to get the improvement from Jimbo to Petrino, because once again, neither one of these two guys is incredibly innovative or modern, right? Right. Where you're going to get the improvement is that in Jim in, in Jimbo's system, we talked about it all year, all the last couple of years, that it is so complex and there's so many in-play, post-snap reads for quarterbacks, for the linemen, you know, there are so many things. The that the players aren't playing their thinking too much, right? right? With Petrino, with Petrino, the one thing I'll give him is a lot more pre-snap reads and decisions and a lot simpler post-snap reads and and plays, right? Gotcha. So for them, I think that's going to be the key. It's going to be playing faster, right? And he Was will. He an, is he an up tempo guy, or is he? He's not a super up tempo guy, but he's a lot more up tempo than Jimbo. I mean, he knows what he wants to run. He's got the play in. It's not over there on looking through a sheet, right? And and obviously, we're going to get the benefit of the fact that Jimbo is not going to be doing 
800 different things, like you said, looking through a book to choose a play and talking to his quarterback and all right. which means less of the early timeouts, less of the uh, penalties, pre-snap penalties, the false starts, and all those kinds of things, right? Yeah. You're, you're simplifying the offense to a certain extent, less formation issues, right? Some different things of that nature that you're going to get a natural benefit from just having a separate offense coordinator from your head coach. Because I have a couple questions. Uh-huh. Is he more run-based? Or passing? Is he 50-50, 40-60? What would you say? You know, with him, Does he play one, an, another thing that another thing that's actually a good, a positive comment on Petrino is that he does play to his talent. That's what I'm saying. Because I didn't see to just talent, do that so right? much. So, it, you know, if he's had on several occasions big-time running backs that have run for 1,700 yards or 1,200, 1,300 yards. Bush, right? and, yeah. yeah, some of those guys. So, Obviously, Lamar Jackson and the things he did running the football as a quarterback. Right. I mean, he led the nation in, in rushing, mm-hmm. right? And so he's adapted depending on what that talent is and where those guys are successful. I'll say the thing that I like the most and I think is going to benefit this offense the most is, you know, is the fact that he is a he believes in getting the ball down the field. Okay. Right. And so when you say downfield, you're talking 20 yards or more, right? Yeah. Okay. I just and, want to make sure everybody understands 20 yards because down the field, some people are like 40 yards, 50. But I'm thinking 20 yards yeah. plus is down the field to me. You know, how often did we sit in there and with Jimbo, you're looking at, you know, whatever down it is, it doesn't really matter. And the defense sits in there, he's got all these guys in the box, and they've got the corners pressed up. And Jimbo's trying to throw a five-yard out, and, of course, they right. can't complete it because there's no room, or they're yeah. getting quick pressure because they can't get rid of the ball because they, they haven't done anything, right? All that happens because of the fact that you're sitting in there playing right into their scheme, right? Mm-hmm. So with Petrino's system, the first thing you're going to see is those guys are doing that, and you got a one-on-one receiver matchup on the outside with a guy pressed. He's going he's gonna to go deep, period. Because no questions asked. Okay, you're talking about his running backs yeah. and his wide receivers mm-hmm. that he's done. A strength of our team is tight ends. Yeah. Does he – is he going to get the ball to the tight ends? I mean, we have – You know, that'll be interesting. He plays tight ends. Time. He's always used tight ends. Usually he's in he a – run a four he's wide. A, he's an 11 personnel, one tight end, one tailback. That's, okay. his, that's, that's his bread and butter, right? Gotcha. Now, he, he does use some two tight end and oftentimes even uses them sometimes in backs, you know, as fullbacks type guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so he does some of those things. But – the tight end has never been the focal point of their offense. Right. I think that is a piece that he does need to implement even more now, right? With the talent we have at tight end. Who are the tight ends again? Green, Johnson, and Max Wright, who announced he's coming back. He forgot go. to announce that. Already. That's why I was getting to Max it. Max Wright. By the way, that's great news for this team. Right. Getting a guy who's a leader. Hey, who's a leader on he this, impressed on this the team. hell out of me this year. And made plays. Yeah. I mean, I was not expecting – I was expecting him to come in and do the blocking yeah. and some of the dirty stuff. But he went downfield, caught yeah. some passes. Made some plays. Showed yeah. some hands. Showed some hands. You know, if it, that would have been him out there on that last play that we had. Blake Smith? Yeah. yeah. I think Max has Might a better – Yeah. You don't throw so, a guy a ball that didn't in the damn game. No, man. No. And, and I think – so I, I agree with you. I think that's a huge, huge deal. And by the way, it's the right decision for him because he ain't getting drafted, right? He ain't going to go play pro. Right. So what else? What? Why not? Now, here's another question. Okay, you bring in a body between of your offensive coordinator. Do these young high school kids that are coming in, they know who the hell he is? Do you see not what I'm saying? Really. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I've heard different aspects that he's yeah. not the he's, recruiting is not a big thing for him. Right. He's not a huge recruiter. Right. Now, the players that are here, are they going – who is this guy? Let's go watch tape. Is this going to affect how I play? Is this going to affect, like yeah. you said, he's not big on the receivers. Yeah. Is that going to affect Stewart? Is that going to affect Anias if he comes back? Is it going to affect Muhammad? I think the guys that are currently here, I think it's not going to affect because they're going to see some of the things that he's done. I think that they're, they're already starting to show them, hey, look, this is what we're talking about. We're going to give you guys an opportunity to go down the field. We're going to go – give you opportunities to make plays one-on-one and those right. type of things. And I think for the receiver specifically, that's something that should be very attractive, right, right, compared to a previous system. And so, to me, I don't think it affects the guys on the field. I think it affect, the question is with recruits. Right. And what's going to happen is what happens this coming year? If this offense comes out this coming year and just absolutely blows up, people are going to go. Yeah, kids are going to say, heck right. yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Right? If it doesn't, 
they're gonna say, eh, it's the same old, same old, right? right? And so production eventually is the ultimate decider. I mean, it's part of the decision making in in the recruiting process, right? Right. Because I've seen us with a three headed monster at tailback, pretty much. Maybe at least two. Yeah. I'd say, three, I'd say three-headed monster at tailback. Offensive line should be a lot better. I'm, I'm looking for more of an offensive line that I saw against LSU than I am yeah. the rest of the season. Because I'm here's the other thing, though. Even not even just individually better. Petrino's system with less complications and checks, and the fact that they're going to be able to do some things down the field is going to make job easier on the offensive line, right? But where I'm getting to. We watched that national championship mm-hmm. game the other night. I'm not saying we're Georgia's offense, but I don't see why we can't mimic a lot of what they did. They didn't so, do a whole lot of fancy. They did some. They did some. Uh, right. No, no, no. I, so, misdirections. But I'm saying with the offensive line, that's better. A good running game. Play action was huge in that Georgia game, was yeah. it not? Yeah. Does he is he going to do some play action? Is he going to get the chance? I mean, I think you have to, don't you? I I think you do have to. I'll, I'll say this. That's, that's one of our not strengths. the. That is not the basis of his of his system, though, right? Like yeah. just the run the ball, play action. That's not it, right? Right. And so you know the way the you know like I said, this is general because there's he does do some specialty plays and this and that and that's wrinkles, right? He's the thing about it is generally his thing is pre snap matchups, gotcha. right? Yeah. Where are the numbers at? Mm-hmm. What's the defense doing here, right? But it's pre-snap, and then we're going to go. Right. And so that's that's more that than just scheming out. Like, And we'll talk more about Georgia here in a second, but that's just scheming out Yeah, I wasn't trying to get offense, off subject. Right? I was just saying. But that's, yeah, that's what, what you're saying. How they did that at Georgia, it was – I mean, TCU was off balance the yeah. whole game. Their defense just – I mean, I don't know if Georgia punted the whole game. I don't yeah. remember if they did or not. But it was crazy. The second half, they finally punted. Well, I mean, it was crazy how, I mean, the play action, you and I were like, oh, man, look at the defense. They're all, you were stopping, rewinding the TV every five minutes going, look what he did here, look what he did here. Yeah. And so when you look at Petrino. It's very annoying, at, by the way. At least what he's done in the past, mind you. Yeah. When you look at Petrino, what he's done, he's not big into, like, a lot of the misdirection, motion, you know, funky schematic stuff you know that's not that's not who he is does he use a little bit of motion yeah he uses some motion i think uh, misdirection is huge i mean look what georgia did the other night yeah. misdirection on tcu because they were being too aggressive that's you point. have to be he's not one of these modern innovative modern coaches right that's a problem innovative may be the wrong word because you know in his own head he's innovating from his own system right, right. he's not like one of these more modern type cases, which is what a lot of the Aggie fans wanted to see. Well, that's not what we're going to get, but we're going to get better production. We will be better we on offense. To. And we'll talk about exactly how much better right. here in just a little bit. So final thoughts on the Petrino hire. Well, the more we talk about it, the more excited I get. Yeah. But either way, with the players returning, I'm excited. Yeah. We, we have, I mean, we're losing a chain. That's huge. But the rest of there's a ninety percent of our offense is back. Yeah, um, I don't see how you cannot be excited about that. Nia is still up in the air. Uh, I think an offensive coordinator who understands what our weaknesses were last year. If he watched our team play, yeah, and sat there, and if he sat here with us and says the same stuff we said, if he does just a little bit different, just a little bit, don't get away from the running game. I mean, how many times did we say last year? Three okay. now. We threw the ball three or times. Go, or three. go to the running game. Yeah, I mean, just you, it's no sense in doing a play action when a team knows you're not going right. to freaking run the ball. So, um, yeah, I'm more excited. But I'm not – I'd say the higher right now, C+. Plus. Yeah. That's my grade. So, my final thoughts on this are, are this. With this roster, mm-hmm. with the talent wide receiver, mm-hmm. Stewart, Moose, Thomas – Maybe Anias, mm-hmm. Preston, the talent, tight end, Green, Max mm-hmm. Wright, Johnson. Don't forget the running backs. Coming talent out of the backfield. running back. And he will use the running backs out of the backfield. Yeah. You know, and uh, with Daniels, Moss, Owens. Ruben Owens, mm-hmm. the freshman. I think with that level of talent, 
I think his offense and the matchup-based offense that he runs is going to produce a lot of good results. I really do. I think so. Now, here's here's the question is, when you face off against a team that is just as talented as you are, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world, there's not a lot of those teams, by the way. Yeah. You know, then how does that play out? I think it makes it a little bit a little bit murkier. Right? I mean, I think you have to be a, a smart coach and go with, like you said, your strengths. But now you have to look at last season. What were the problems? Our offensive line wasn't giving our quarterback time to get the ball downfield right. or even go through his progressions. So what do you do? You have to run something different, like your misdirection. If they're bringing the house at you, throw a screen, right? Sure. Did, they, did we do that much last year? No. You know what I'm saying? I mean, do stuff to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quick to make that defense pay. And so we'll see we'll see more detail obviously as the as the season goes on about what he does in certain situations and some of the wrinkles that that you know come into play there but like I said it'll be a it'll be a faster moving offense it'll be a better offense it'll be a cleaner offense it'll be a simpler offense and they're going to throw the ball down the field more all those things I think are positives we'll see how that plays out I think with our level of talent it really ends up being a benefit so what do you think the hire is? A, a B, a C? What are you giving it? Uh, I just thought that there were better guys out there, and for that reason, I'll give it a B minus. I gave it a C plus. C, C plus, plus. Somewhere yeah, plus. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, that's where I'm at. I mean, it could be. I hope it turns into an A. But the other, the other thing to consider is the fact that he's older, and so I think he's looking for his last big job, right? Yeah. And uh, if they have a big year this year, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be taking a head coaching job somewhere else. Right. Um, let's talk about the Natty. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Natty. And you brought up Georgia. Oh. Obviously playing TCU here. Look, this game was over in the first quarter. Uh, beginning of the second. Beginning of the second. Yeah. Uh, there was one clearly dominant team and one not dominant team. Well, yeah. I mean, there's huge. And but, we talked about it before the game. What TCU not so much got lucky against Michigan. But things rolled their way. They did. Two pick sixes, a fumble on the goal line, uh, a touchdown call back because the guy was in the end so, zone. So let me change that narrative because to me this game was more about the fact that Georgia just came out and did it. This was about Georgia. This was not about TCU. I think right. TCU is a really good team that would beat a lot of people, beat Michigan, beat a lot of can, you know, a I lot like of Sonny Dykes a lot. I like yeah. him a lot. I think that's a good team with good coaching and it's a very good team, right? Yeah. Georgia just came with us. They were different attitude, mm-hmm. different level of play, different level of player. They were focused beyond mm-hmm. all recognition, and you just there wasn't anybody going to beat them that day. What right? were you most impressed with with Georgia? The offensive scheme. God, it was great, wasn't it? Just watching what they did and how they executed. You want to talk about – You hear that word from oh, Jimbo, but jeez. You get guys like that power kid. Not only that. Listen to this. And, you know, everybody thinks about modern offenses and creative offenses, and they think the spread, they think Mike Leach, mm-hmm. rest in peace, uh, they think all these other things, right? I mean, that's what they're looking at. Oh, these guys are through. Well, hold on just a second. Because what Georgia did this past week in that national championship game, that was creative, that was modern, and they did it out of two tight end sets with yeah. a tailback. I mean, to me, that, that right mm-hmm. there is the offense that you would – if if I had a guy that I wanted to hire, number one on my list, the guy who made that – who put that scheme together. That's what I was talking about. That's what yeah. I was getting to when we were talking about it, but I wouldn't lead into your Georgia talk. Yeah. That's the kind of offensive coordinator I want. The guy, I mean, he, he had three different running backs touch the ball in the game. He ran some, you know, quarterback. Four. Four once the freshman got in there in the fourth quarter. Okay, there you go. The freshman that's going to be – Incredibly good. Well, the whole the team is going to be incredibly good. They got five stars, yeah. top four. I mean, they're going to be. He's a freshman at two five, at five ten, two like two twenty. Yeah, and scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I mean, they they have the talent, no question. Yeah. But the scheme they put with that talent—that's what Correct. we have to get to here. That's the difference, right? And it was little things, and we talked about this play, man. I remember they ran that. Little uh, wide receiver screen out to the to the left hand side. And the guy he ran to the, the offensive lineman. They have one offensive lineman break out over there. And he stayed back and, and he watched him looking. Stay behind the line, watching the quarterback because the quarterback's first read 
was the down default. Field. Yeah. So they didn't want an offensive lineman down yeah. the field. It was a left so guard, wasn't it? Boom, boom, boom. It was a left tackle. And so they sit in there. Boom, they look at it. Of course, TCU's only rushing three because they, they, so they can do protect with yeah. four. Yeah. And the moment they see, man, they drop them all. Whoop, swing it out. And that, that receiver, and that receiver would have cut behind that offensive cut line. Big play. But and it was a big play. I mean, already. it still was, yeah. But but uh, I mean, just that other throw, that couple passes he made to Bowers. I mean, Bowers yeah. made some great catches. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. But still using Bowers in Washington, big zero. Oh zero. <clears throat> and man. then you got those other receivers, McConkle number eighty four, and they had number six. Dude, what they do with that? Yeah, in that in that one touchdown, McConkle wide open in the end zone, yeah. right? And it's just a little thing where they're doing. You know, they bunch them up and they do the. You know, and they bring the two inside and then they bring him on right. on the wheel on the yeah. other side, and it's just little things. The way he runs the route, really faking that, and he boom, and they sit, and they've got the the back coming well, the underneath. Play action, like you said, the play action during the game. I mean, they because they ran the ball enough That's right. to keep the defense honest. And then, what did TCU do? What did they run? What kind of defense? They ran the three three, and so that's what they've done all year, and it works for them in the Big Twelve, and it works for them against a lot of people. But the one thing that I will say about what Georgia did, and we I talked to you about it the, before the game started. I said, look, if they want to dominate this defense. They'll use play action. They'll they'll use misdirection, mm-hmm. and they'll use motion. Why? Because that three three is based off of an extremely aggressive play from your linebackers and your safeties. Right, right. That's how they make up for the lack of numbers up front. Right. And so those guys have to react and go. And so if you show them something, they're the moving. Safeties were at a place a lot. And all day long to start the game, Georgia did it. Play after play. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Big play. Big play. Big play. And once that happened, mm-hmm. TCU never recovered. Yeah. You know? Um, but you were with me watching that football game. I could not have been more impressed with a scheme. I could not have been more impressed with a quarterback. I thought Bennett was phenomenal. Right. The dude did not make a bad decision. <clears throat> I mean, and don't get me wrong, they make it easy for him sometimes. But, I mean, even when they brought, had pressure on him a little bit. Yeah, he's which, always looking down. It wasn't a lot. I mean, the guy had all day. He didn't seem rushed. No. You know what I'm saying? He didn't. He seemed very composed back there. And, of course, he's the oldest quarterback in college yeah. football. But he's very composed. I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Carter, defensive one? Possibly the number one pick overall. You know, we've talked to, we talked to him about about him after the game Ohio State. with Ohio State, invisible. and I thought he was invisible against Ohio State. Right. And I thought offensive line, the offensive line for Ohio State, just absolutely dominated him. Um, so I wasn't really impressed. He played a much better game against TCU, but the right guard for TCU was horrible. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was getting beat every play, and it was yeah. Carter. But it wasn't just because Carter was something that was doing all these amazing things. That most of the time is because he was sitting there leaning and they couldn't even see where the damn guy he's blocking is and fell off a block. Right. Right. The guy was horrendous. I'm surprised they haven't had more problems with with him throughout the year. But the point being is, he looked better. Yeah. He's not my number one pick. Right. Maybe I take him later in the first round or something like that. You know, as a as a player there somewhere, maybe in the second round, whatever. But he's not going to be my top half of the first round pick. He's not coming into my gotcha into my evaluation. You know who looked real good was the freshman Bear Alexander, former A and M recruit. Right, right. You said that the whole game, and that dude was making some incredible plays. Not to mention, he's a huge man for a freshman. And that defense, I mean. I like the Georgia. I just wasn't overly impressed. I mean, yeah, they only gave up seven points, mm-hmm. but TCU's back was against the wall. Max Duggan looked He didn't play his like best game, right? No. He missed a bunch of receivers, yeah. open guys right. throughout the game. I mean, that would have made the game. I'm not going to say that they were going to compete, but they would have made the game more competitive, right? Right. Especially, like, even the first drive, he had the, the, the throw on second down over the top and overthrew him. On third down, he had the throw on the, on, on the out, and he skipped it, mm-hmm. right? And so... He just wasn't himself, and for some of that, there was some pressure involved for sure, but you've got to make some of those plays, and he didn't right. make any of them on Monday. Yeah. Um, not to say that Max Duggan's not a good player. The guy's had a phenomenal year, and, and good for him. But uh, at the end of the day, on, on Monday, that wasn't he didn't play well, right? Right, absolutely. Second team defense for Georgia when they got in there in the second half. I thought they were more explosive as far as pass rush. The two yeah. young defensive ends that they brought in, the two freshmen, 
Those dudes are going to be – oh, yeah, and I think those dudes are going to be game changers in a couple of next Well, they have depth there. They have a lot of depth. Um, they lost everybody last year on the defense and still – Here's a narrative that's been going on now, you know, so Georgia goes out and absolutely dominates TCU. Number one, it was a matchup thing, right? Yeah. TCU, that was a horrible matchup for TCU. TCU yeah. was never going to win that game. Well, we didn't think it would beat Michigan. But, right. But, and they, they but they beat Michigan. Yeah, but everything right. had to go their way for them They to... beat Michigan. Ohio State almost beat Georgia. Yeah. There's a lot of things. You know, sometimes it's the matchups, right? Right. I would have loved to see Michigan-Georgia. I think Ohio State and TCU would probably be a pretty good game. That's probably that's not as bad a matchup for TCU right. as Georgia is, right? right. Um, same with Michigan, even though they're more similar to Georgia. Mi- Michigan doesn't have some of the same – on the outside, some of the same talent level, yeah. skill player wise, right? right? Especially with their number one tailback hurt. So I think it's more about matchups. But now there's this narrative now. Oh, TCU, like all the SEC would basically win the Big Twelve. That they're they're not any good. SEC so much better as a conference than everybody else. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. One team dominated college football this year. One. Yeah. It was Georgia. It wasn't the SEC. We would nobody in the SEC, nobody else in the SEC could accomplish what Georgia accomplished right. and beat TCU the way they beat TCU. Yeah. You know, at Texas, they want to talk about, well, Alabama also beat Kansas State. Beat the mess out of them. Yeah. You know what? Ole Miss got their bucks beat by Texas Tech. Right. Now when an SEC team loses, they say, Oh, well, they weren't really excited to play. But when somebody else loses, then it's because we're so dominant. Yeah. You know, this story is easy to it's easy to say and to put out there. But the fact of the matter is that yes, we've won a lot of different national championships with three different teams or four different teams. And but every year that it's happened, it's been one dominant team. Right? Georgia. Whether it was that dominant LSU. Alabama team, the dominant LSU team. And now you've seen Georgia do it two years in a row. By the way, Georgia the preeminent program in the country right now and going forward because Kirby Smart is the best coach in the country. Yeah. Including Nick Saban right now. Oh, yeah. Nick Saban's like, you know, number three or four. Number two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I hate the fact that all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, Mississippi State could have won the Big 12. No, no, they they couldn't. No, they couldn't. No. By the way, Alabama almost lost to Texas this year. Yeah. Should have lost to Texas this year. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's multiple, there's multiple things that'll tell you and show you. That that's not the case. Well, the here on out, I mean, not next year, but the year after, we'll have a twelve team playoff. And do you like that or not? Twelve teams, I like it. I don't. I'm the four because I want to see more matchups. I, I wanted to see matchups. eight. I'll be honest with you. I wanted to see eight, but I'll take twelve. I just like the matchups. I want to see different matchups. I want to see yeah. what a team from the Pac-12 might put against a Georgia. I do defense. like. I do like the fact that all conferences are going to get in. We're yeah. going to get some more people to compete. And, right. You know, there's going to be some more. Yeah. Of that going some upset, and I love the upsets. TCU beat Michigan. I hate the fact that well, it takes a little bit away from the entire season, right? I mean, because yeah. oh, you get two losses, you probably still get in. Yeah. Might not hurt the Aggies. It might not hurt the Aggies. Um, so, anyway, that's a narrative that I hate out there. Look, man, all props in the world to Georgia. Those dudes are, are killers, and they're going to come back next year, and they're going to be good again, even with Bennett gone and, and Washington. And, you know, I'll tell you the, what, they're the going to have their hands full in the SEC East. Tennessee's going to be good. Tennessee's going to be good. Carolina. Yeah, you got Rattler's some, coming back. He's announced. Yeah, I mean, you got some Kentucky. I think will be down. Missouri's got to be getting better a little. There's bit. There's rumors that Kentucky might get their offensive coordinator from not this past season, but the season before back, which was a much better offense, a much better offense coordinator for them. Well, they could have used them this year. Yeah, they definitely could. Florida should be, you know, Florida's got talent. So I mean, the SEC we'll East see. is going to be decent. Yeah, 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 and the West maybe not. So we'll see. Yeah, West will be good. A and M should win. Uh, questions from the tailgate brought to you by Freedom Homes, building Aggie dreams at freedomhomes.com. Everybody loves their the Freedom Homes. All right. Question number one points per game for this Aggie office in 2023. When it comes down to brass tacks, what are they going to score? I got to look at their schedule again, but I say it's got to be closer to 30 points a game than 20. I'm going to go with over 30 points a game. I'm going to go with 32 in the 32 range. Okay. Um, and I do think that they're going to get a lot of benefit there. The problem that I see is that I'm not sure that that defense is going to improve, right? I, I don't know what Durkin's planning on doing. 
but yeah. I expect him to use a lot of three man front and screw high scoring games next year. And screw and taking the overs. Yeah, didn't do that this year. All right. So, uh, yeah. but I'm going to say for just Augie offense with the hiring of Petrino, the fact that he simplifies the system, lets those players play a little bit more than than think. I'm going to go 32 points a game because I do believe in the talent. I mean, right now I'm stuck on 30. I mean, I haven't. The talent is there. It was there last year. Mm-hmm. I think it was there the year before that. But 30 points. I'm having a hard time going over that. I'm yeah. thinking 28, 29, but that's four touchdowns. That's right, you go 28, I go 32. Stay at 30. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, question number two. O-line gets Layden Robinson back, man. Tell me Dude. what you think about this O-line. That's, I think it's huge. I mean, Layden had a really down year this year. He's coming into the season projected as a first-round pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know if after the season he talked to people and they said, hey, you're not getting drafted. Yeah. Or what happened? But with him, he still got drafted. I don't know. We've he, seen it. We've seen it happen last year with a tight end. He'd have got drafted. He he would have got drafted much slower than he should, should or was projected to be at the beginning of the year. But he'd have got drafted. Either way, the offensive line it's gone from a weakness. I think it could be a strength next year if we use them properly. You don't put them in situations where you have an eight man front. You're trying to do something against that you can't do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Use your tight ends. Use your blockers. Yeah. Don't put it all on the on the freaking offensive line. Yeah, look, I think this is huge, huge, huge. And look, I respect the guy whether he would have left or come back. I look good for him. I wish Dude, you the bashed best. him all year. He was horrible. This you year. bashed him. He all was horrible all year. I think it's the best decision he can make because I think for the offensive line, just like for the rest of the offense, things are going to simplify. Yeah. What's that going to mean? It means that all of a sudden they can play faster instead of just sitting there and be and slower. Where they're getting beat from, they're getting beat schematically, not physically. Right? They're all back, and they should be able to communicate better. They should know each other. And know all each- five back. Yeah. Plus Max Wright, Fathery, right? Yeah. Raiden, um, two centers, Foster and Whitecoff. Good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both yeah. of those guys are both of those guys yeah. are physically gifted players that can that can do the job. Dewberry, Moko at guard. Zune at the left tackle. I mean, you've got talent. You've got depth on the offensive line. All of a sudden, and you got tight ends to help out. You got to keep those guys there. You got yeah. good tight ends on the outside. These offensive linemen have now played together for a year. The communication should be better. The simplified scheme is going to help them do that. I expect this offensive line to be substantially better this coming year. And I think that Layden Robinson is going to end up benefiting a ton from coming back with regards to his draft prospects. I want to see the coach come out and just get that offensive line pumped and just run the ball. I don't care who we play the first game. I can't remember who it is. Some, I'm sure it's a, a cakewalk. Yeah. Let's get that those running backs. Let's get the team. Because I think a running offensive line gets pumped up. Do you, I mean, you know this. Oh, yeah. They love to run the football. They want to be out there hitting people. They don't oh, want to yeah. be the ones getting hit. Right. You want to hit them. Yeah, you got you you, you got to see it this year. I didn't see it. Yeah, you tell LSU did not see LSU. It. Um, so I do think that the offensive line is going to be a lot better. I, and 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 because of both things, you know, not just the personnel, probably healthier personnel is good. They're back. They played longer, but also the scheme is going to be easier for them. It's going to be better for them. Um, so I'm excited about the offensive line play. You know, I'm an all I'm, I'm an old offensive line coach. It's what yeah. I did. There's, I I will sit there and just nitpick on those guys all the time. I know. It's a beautiful thing, but I'm excited about that group. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I, it was probably our worst unit last year, besides linebackers, maybe. Maybe besides linebackers. Yeah. Giga Maggies, AP, C-Money, from the tailgate. Till next See you later. <laughs>